Hello, listeners. It's Jonathan Gillum for KCSU Sports with another KCSU Sports podcast. I am coming to answer and put my thoughts on one of the age-old mysteries of sports. That being in pro football, which is why do so many college football quarterbacks and successful ones fail in the NFL? And it's it's an important question because it happens a lot. And I'm here to tell you I don't have all the answers to why. But, and also, quick disclaimer, I am not an NFL pro scout. I'm not an NFL executive. I am just a young analyst who's watched football over the years, played football, and these are some of my observations. I'm a very evidence-based person, but sometimes there is evidence that can't really be quantified. There's intrinsic value that happens too. But I'm going to break it down why some major factors of why college quarterbacks fail. And I've got <clears throat> several reasons. One, they're injury. They're injury prone, right? Next, the organization can fail them, and that can be through not protecting them. That can be through forcing them into a system, putting a square circle into a square or a circle into a square hole. There we go. I got my analogy out, right? <laughs> and that's also can be poor coaching as well. So those three can go together. Then, then we also have the organization's ability to evaluate these QBs, and that can go to the quarterbacks themselves. And it could be all three too, right? And with the quarterbacks themselves, it can be bad work ethic. It can be they just don't have the special drive to play professional sports. Sometimes it can be a little bit of the the intellect of the NFL. The NFL is a lot tougher mentally than many people realize. It's a lot of film study. It's a lot of a lot of it's like a chess game. It's like playing chess sometimes. It's not checkers. It's chess in the NFL. You, you think it, it? You know, if you don't watch a lot of football or 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 realize how much goes on. Football compared to the other sports, and this isn't to look down, it's just it's just a different ball game when it comes to the strategy that goes into it. It's 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 really insane. A quarterback not only has to know what all the plays, he has to know what every player is doing on every play to be successful, right? And those head coaches and those offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, are chess matching. They're scheming to put, to call plays, to hopefully, and it's, it's based on, sometimes it's based on math, right? They're like, well, I can see this, this, these players coming out, right? If I'm a defensive coordinator, I watch wide receivers run out into the field. I'm like, okay, they got three wide, wide outs on the field. That means they're gonna have a three wide out set. Looks like one tight end, so they're probably gonna run uh, a single back, three wide set, right? So I know in this kind of situation that they run this, this, and this type of plays typically. So I should run this. And then I, I call the play and I tell the defensive quarterback of the t- of the field, right? 
and that could be the safety, whoever's whoever's calling the play. And then that defensive player, it's his job. He can also hear the coach up to 15 seconds on the clock to change the play, right? They're like, okay, I they're audibling. I got to change this play. I don't know if this is the right play call, right? So there's a lot going on. QB is the same thing, right? He walks up to the field. He's like, all right, I like this play. I'm really confident in this play. Ooh, but I see two safeties up there. I think they're gonna play cover two man. This play that I'm calling is not good for cover two man. I need to audible. I need to have someone crossing the field that can beat the man coverage or I need to attack the middle and deep in between the two safeties, right? So that's an example of how a quarterback has to think to achieve. And sometimes these quarterbacks, they just can't do that. And it comes down to decision-making, right? Decision-making, intellect, all that goes into, into it. But let's let's go back. Let's, let's talk about examples of, of injuries, right? My first, my first uh, criteria for quarterbacks feeling. Sometimes they're just injury-prone. And it's just a sad phenomenon that happens in sports. And it's not their fault. It's just sometimes people just they just get the bad breaks, you know? It's just uh it's just something about it. Let's look at RG3, right? RG3 he had a great rookie year. Great rookie year. He was looking up and then the injuries started happening. And RG3 is still in the league right now. He's a backup quarterback, but he just can't be relied on as a starter because he can't stay healthy. So his development is is dwindled because the best kind of development is playing on the field he's just not getting the snaps and we'll never know what happened to rg3's career sam bradford is another great example of this sam bradford was a very high first first round draft pick i think he was the first overall he was definitely the first quarterback taken and he can never stop being carted off the field and it's just it's a violent game you get hit and, and that's just kind of how it happens. Sometimes it's the players taking chances. Sometimes it's just bad luck. I know luck is not a real thing, but sometimes it's just, you know, that bad coincidence that happened. And then sometimes it's the organization. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch to my next, and it's the organization can be involved in injuries. And a great example of that is Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is not a bust. In fact, Andrew Luck had an amazing first four seasons, but the Colts are were a poorly run organization at the time. They did not build their offensive line up, and Andrew Luck took beating after beating after beating, and it's a math game, right? It's like gambling. A good organization is going to protect their QB as much as possible, and that is building a great offensive line, because guess what? It's gambling. When you lower the odds, when you take the better odds in Vegas, right? I want I want good odds, right? Or I, yeah, so I want good odds, right? Well, guess what? You limit the chances. The same thing for a quarterback. The more you protect him, the less hits he hits, the less chance he has to get injured. When you don't do that, you increase that risk, and it's kind of like a math game. It's just going to happen when he keeps taking hits. And I bring up a question. Is Deshaun Watson the next Andrew Luck? Because the Texans are not protecting him, and he is one of the most hit quarterbacks in the NFL currently. And I, and I feel bad because Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to be a stud injury bar. Carson Wentz, 
he's kind of the it's not really the organization because the Eagles have a great offensive line he's just getting he's one of those that just have a bad phenomenon he's just getting hurt right but anyway the organization they can also force players to not play to their strengths good coaches put their players in positions to win the NFL is slowly starting to realize that because that's what the good coaches have been doing over the years. Look at defensive coordinator Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips didn't force a zone player to play in his man scheme, right? He he built his scheme around the player's strengths. His defense is not the same with the Rams when he was with the Rams that it was with the 2015 Denver Broncos. It wasn't the same with the 2015 Broncos that it was with the Cowboys. It, it's different, right? Belichick's the offense. Uh, opposite. There we go. Belichick will put draft players that fits his scheme. He doesn't try to force players to, to fit his scheme. He evaluates them and finds the players that fit his scheme. See that? It's the two. You can't be in the middle. You, you can't be in the middle. You either got to build your scheme around the player's strengths or you got to find players that fit into your scheme. Sometimes you're, you're forced to be in the little bit. For the most part, you can't. Sometimes, you know, you, you got to give what the general manager gets you. And that's why it comes down to the organization. The organization and the coach have to be on the same page. you got to draft a QB to fit your system and players that fit into that system. That's why the, the NFL is getting better. Look what Jim Harbaugh did, or Harbaugh, the coach of the, the Ravens. Joe Flacco's offense is not the, the offense with Joe Flacco. is not the same as the offense with RG3. It's the same system but they've switched the offense to fit to RG3's strengths, right? The Arizona Cardinals, they, they literally got the quarterback that fits into their head coach's scheme, right? They're like, we need a head coach that will fit to the QB's scheme. And that's what smart organizations are doing, right? And it makes you wonder, how many of those Browns QBs, because the Browns are kind of the, I'm gonna use them kind of as a scapegoat, how many times over the years, have their quarterbacks busted out was it due to talent or was it to the organization it's kind of a what-if question but I think it's a valid question because you wonder how many of those quarterbacks got their their talent wasted because of the organization and I'm gonna bring up Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill was considered a good prospect goes to Miami he gets injured he was injured and he had a bad organization then he goes to the Titans and things look a lot better Alex Jones is another example of that. Alex Jones, 49ers are a great run organization, but I think the time they drafted Alex Jones was there in a, in a law, right? They weren't running things as good. Alex Jones leaves, leaves, gets a second chance, and he looks a lot better because Andy Reid put, put, and the other, the coach before Andy Reid used Alex Smith more to his strengths. Andy Reid is not using the same offense for Patrick Mahomes that he's using with, with Alex Smith, right? Andrew, Andy Reid's schemes are up there. So the organization can be a big factor in this. And then also it can come down to evaluation, right? Evaluation is key. And there seems to be a lot of bias in how coaches evaluate quarterbacks, right? A perfect example of that, I'm gonna use a Broncos example because this is a local radio station and it's local, is Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, was misevaluated. That's just cut and dry. There was a bias. Someone saw something on tape. Someone didn't evaluate him. The guy didn't had a did not have a work ethic. He could not 
study his playbook. He did not want to learn. He thought he could just uh, just uh, freestyle. He thought he could just improv the whole time. But the NFL is a lot more, it's a lot different than the college game. And this isn't to take anything away from the college game, but it's different. In the college, and in, in compared to the NFL, the NFL you have to be a lot more accurate. You gotta have decision making. You gotta be very intelligent because you have to understand offense, defense, all the players, like I said. And if you don't evaluate that QB right, and they can't do that, well, they're not gonna pan out. That's just a fact of the matter. Ryan Leaf, immature, overly cocky. One of the biggest busts in all of history is sports. Jamarcus Russell, he had a cannon for arm. He could hit the crossbar while kneeling. But guess what? When he got into the games, his accuracy was not there because the NFL is, is more than just schoolyard football throwing. You gotta have mechanics. Mechanics are so important. And I know this from NFL coaches that have interviewed and, and spoke about this. And it's so much different. You can see the jump. That's why I'm hopeful of Drew Locke because Drew Locke had horrible foot, footwork, but they fixed his throwing motion and his footwork, right? And he's looking a lot better. He looked good at the end of the season. Footwork is important when you're throwing across the middle of the field. It, you can't throw accurately unless you're in rhythm. That's why those three-step, five-step drops happen in the NFL and they're rhythm throws. You gotta be able to know where you're supposed to be and have good timing and work with the play or you're not gonna throw an accurate pass. So the, the quarterback can get misevaluated, right? And then, it's, and then it can also be more of the player's traits, right? Look at Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was overly cocky. They can't be immature. And that's why I'm worried about a quarterback like, let's say, Baker Mayfield. Because he definitely showed a lot of immaturity. But, but, I think last year maybe gave him a slice of humble pie that he needed. So I don't think quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold can be written off right now. Baker Mayfield is, oh, this is a organization, bad organizational thing is, guess what? Every time an organization fires a head coach, and rehires them that means you almost have to repeat your rookie season right imagine you're at work all right imagine let's just say you're a forklift operator right and you know how to use this forklift right well guess what next year they bring a new forklift and all the buttons are completely different and they work opposite of everything you've learned well guess what now your productivity drops down because you got to learn a new forklift and then guess what you just start to get the hang of the new footwork uh forklift and then guess what? <laughs> your, your boss gets fired, a new boss comes in, and they bring in a third forklift. Now you gotta learn a third forklift. So how many of those, those players got their, their careers ruined because coaches constantly got just thrown out the door because they didn't have patience? Well, I believe in a three-year window. You gotta give a coach and a QB that marriage time, and I think you gotta be patient with them for three years. And you gotta wait to the second year before you can be hard and start putting them on a short lease. The second year, that's when you start being hard. You gotta look for look for the, the, uh, the tells, right? If not, you're gonna keep recycling quarterbacks and coaches, it's never gonna work. I know it's a results-based business, but if you're already a poorly run organization, you need to give these QBs a shot and the coaches a shot. Get the coach, that, and, the, and it goes with the organization because the coach 
QB and the general manager all need to be on the same page. The general manager cannot keep grabbing players that don't fit into the coach's scheme. That's why good run organizations are all on the same page, right? And that's why the Broncos had some really bad years because John Elliott was just throwing darts at a dartboard and drafting players that didn't really fit our scheme. And we had to change our scheme constantly. We had to go through many different head coaches. Now we finally found a head coach that we think we like, Vic Vangio, and we're giving him a second year. And I think we gotta give him three years minimum with Drew Locke. And I, I wish we could have seen Drew Locke for a full rookie season, but it sounds like his arm wasn't ready. But anyway, the point being is the organizations cannot keep doing this to QBs. It, it's, it's just, it's so sad because who knows how much wasted talent we, we've seen. We don't even know. Sam Darnold, he's got his second year with Adam Gase. I, I'm really actually hopeful to see him progress because it's it's so hard for a QB to progress if you got to keep learning your new forklift, right, my analogy. So, anyway, so just to sum it up, so the, way, the reason why college QBs fail is they're injury prone. The organization fails them. The organization misevaluates them. The organization puts them in bad schemes. They force them as a circle into a square hole and that's that's a good reason why and then third it's the players themselves the players are just they don't have that special it factor and that isn't taking anything away some players they are you know they're a first round bust but many of those first round busts as in they can't really start and be the franchise quarterback become backup quarterbacks and it still takes a lot of talent to be a backup quarterback because you still got to know the playbook. They're not going to have a backup QB that doesn't know the playbook. They A backup QB is able to come in and manage a game and hopefully get some wins while that, that starting quarterback is injured or suspended or whatever happens, right? So still a valuable position, and, and backup quarterbacks are very valuable. Josh McCown is a journeyman backup quarterback, and... He's very valuable because we know he can come in and win some games. Ryan Fitzpatrick, kind of the same way, right? So it's 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 not always cut and dry, and it can be fluid. Like we've seen examples of organizations maybe misevaluating, putting players into into the wrong schemes, and then they go and they succeed in another organization. So hopefully, I think the NFL is starting to learn from their mistakes, and I think some of it is they have this old boys mentality and they're recycling coaches constantly and some of these coaches have been buddy buddies for years and they don't change and that's why we see them go get other opportunities with other teams and they fail again because it's it's based kind of on a friend's basement basis on how they hire coaches right and i i just don't think that's wrong it's it's kind of a, an example of that would be gary kubiak gary kubiak wanted to bring his offensive staff back to denver and Joe Ellis, the the CEO or chief executive officer, I think of the, or I can't remember what his official title, but he's in charge of the Broncos, right? And he hired, he put John Elway as a football president of football operations, right? Joe Ellis is kind of the he's part of the trust that controls the Broncos. He said no. Rick, we just had Rick Dennison. Rick Dennison, as an offensive coordinator, couldn't do anything. But Gary Kubiak was like, no, I want my I want my buddies. And, and it's not a blame, but it's just. It just shows that personal bias can maybe get in the way of evaluating QB 
and how the organization is run. So if you want to feel bad of, of maybe why your team, look on how they're, they're, they're hiring. What's the track record of the people they hire? Why do they fail? And then when you're when you're about to, to get a new quarterback, look Google about them, talk about them, and then and and who knows? Like maybe you'll find some some crazy things that are just mega red flags that you're like, why did this person get drafted? It, it doesn't make sense. Why did the Broncos draft Paxton Lynch? They didn't do enough research on him. They didn't know that he, he just likes to play video games all day long and not study his playbook. You could have found that with the proper interview. So, injury prones, we can't do anything about it, but the organizations can run better and they can evaluate players better. Maybe take some bias out and maybe not waste QBs and build schemes around their QBs because that's the trend we're seeing, right? The Broncos drafting players for Drew Locke's lock. Baltimore is building around Lamar Jackson. Kansas City is building around Patrick Mahomes. I can keep going on. Keep going on. That's what a successful organization is going to do. So anyway, tell me what you think. Leave me a comment. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you to all the listeners. And for KCSU Sports, I'm Jonathan Gillen, and I'll catch you next time.